0: Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host, and for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in, and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight the CBS series, The Equalizer. It is a reimagined version of the nineteen eighty series that originally starred Edward Woodward, and it was redone as a movie in 2014, starring Denzel Washington, and now we have the amazing Queen Latifah starring as The Equalizer. Today, as my guest to discuss this series, I have a friend, we go way back. But he is also an actor, writer, and producer, Lawrence Winslow. Welcome, Lawrence.
1: Hey Kim, how you doing? Appreciate I'm you good. having me on the show. It's great, you know, to join your uh, your audience, your growing podcast, and um, yeah, let's chop it up about the equalizer.
0: Yeah, wow. yeah. But before we get started, I want people to learn more about you. Tell our audience about your relationship with the entertainment business. <laughs>
1: Great, thank you, appreciate that. So I've been a working actor um, in New York City for over 20 years, um, have done some, uh, you know, various TV episodics, some off-off Broadway, you know, theater here as, as is very uh, popular in New York City, um, minimal film, but, um, you know, I'm an enjoyer of content. i currently writing a, a series myself and have been involved in small productions here and there. And as you said, Kim, we do go way back. Quite some time. Oof.
0: And that is another conversation. We won't, we won't Not for this show. How, <laughs> we
1: don't talk about how long we go back, but we do go yes. back.
0: Yes, we do go back. Now name some of the shows you've been on because I, you know, I've been in my house sometimes and I'm flipping channels and I'll see your face on there, either commercials or some popular primetime series. Why don't you let our audience know where they could have seen you?
1: Well, most recently I have been on the blacklist. Um, I've been on Bull. I have been on, you know, all the Law and Orders from the old Criminal Intent, uh, the old Law and Order uh, to SVU. Um, so, yeah, I've had my, my share and, uh, you know, experiences working, you know, in the New York acting world. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing time. It's, a, you know, an amazing place to do it. And now there are more series being shot in New York than there ever have been. So there are a lot of opportunities for actors to get work.
0: Oh, awesome. That's just amazing. So he is a working actor, everybody. We have so many viewing options now. We can watch network TV, we can watch cable, we can stream, etc., etc. What drew you to The Equalizer and why did you start watching this series?
1: Well, specifically with The Equalizer, obviously when you get a lead like Queen Latifah, you've got a built-in base. You know, I mean, she's got a broad base from her music career to her TV career. You know, you go back to living single, um, you know, people forget that she was nominated for an Oscar um, so so uh, you know she's got a, and who doesn't like the Queen, I mean come on. So yes. that was a great hook for me and I was excited to see her you know embody the role that Denzel did I saw both equalizers enjoy them both and um, I like the series, I like what she does, you know she handles herself well and represents.
0: Yeah, that's what drew me to it, too. I absolutely love Queen Latifah back from her rap days. You know, ooh, the ladies first, the ladies first, Right. to living single. She's done some amazing things. So when I saw that she was taking this lead, I was like, okay, I definitely have to check it out. And it's a very well done series. So, you know, drawing people to the series is one thing, but keeping them there, that's another thing.
1: Right. And she did well her first year. I mean, Mm -hmm. she you know rated one of the highest rated you know um uh series that what it was at the start of the pandemic pandemic Mm -hmm. really right yeah no she she did so she did well and i you know i started watching season two haven't finished it completely um still ongoing obviously but um season one was was well done
0: yes yes and i watched all the seasons i'm up to date and trust me you will not be disappointed
1: (laughs) Okay, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, so you had mentioned that you actually saw the Denzel Washington version. We won't talk about the original one in the 1980s with the white guy because I don't even remember seeing it. I just found that in my research. But I'm well, sure I, he could not live up to, no, no disrespect to who's, what's his name? Edward Woodward. No disrespect. I'm actually going to go back and watch it if I can find it. Cause I just want to see how he did, you know, give him his props. But um, you did say you did see the 2014 film uh, with Denzel Washington. What yeah. is it that you like about the series that maybe the film didn't cover?
1: You know, the series, um, Gets more in depth with the personal issues, and you know, in a film, obviously you're telling you know a story, and it's it's a little bit more fast paced. It's a little different feel because I think you've got Antoine Fuqua doing that, and and uh, he makes it really slick and um, you know really engaging. The TV series has um, a personal element to it that aligns with what Latifah does does or Robin, I should say, as the character, you know, beautifully. You feel her, you feel her caring, empathic self. Um, but at the same time, Latifah can kick some butt. They, mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. She, can, she can throw a couple of people over tables. She, she can she can shoot an AK, so <laughs> she gets some action in there as well. And uh, you know, I mean, it's a it's a really different kind of role on TV for for someone like her. You just you just don't see that. And I'm right, sure CBS right. saw that as well.
0: Right, and and one of the things I like it the movie. The movie I liked also. But the series, uh, it deals with a lot of different issues. You know, the movie, you know, you have the start beginning and end, and then it's over. With the series, you can always introduce different issues to it. Like, for instance, they had done a a series where, you know, on violence against Asians. And they did one on rap violence. They did one on racial profiling. So the list of topics are, like, really can always be introduced. And that's what I like about it over the movie, per se.
1: Yeah, they do have they do have themes and topics that 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 color you know every episode inside um, you know the story itself. Um, so so you're right; it's an opportunity for them to you know to say some things about you know whether it's racial, whether it's uh, gender based, and um, they do a good job of that. The thing that I find that that's always attractive about episodics is is the basic story compelling. And in, in the case of you know the Equalizer, they happen to pick some pretty good stories that I find are, are attractive in and of the themselves because of course you have the family aspects that she's got she's got a daughter and all of that but you know is the basic crime story that she's trying to solve compelling enough for you to stick do you want to know what happens next and I think they do that
0: yeah they do a great job of that um so from what you've seen so far because I know you said you completed season one what is your favorite episode or some of your most memorable moments uh in the series so far
1: well, my favorite episode so far is season one, episode five, and it's the one about the milk run, the, math, the mathematician, mm. as the key to to breaking every server globally and just hacking everybody. I mean, that was pretty amazing. I think they really did a really good job of um, the twists, you know, in, in, in the stories, because there's a double twist at the end that really comes up. Um, you know, where you kind of think one person is shot, they're not, and then they come back, but they do very, very well. That was a very compelling story for me. Um, it's covered a a, a global issue. It had a macro story, but it, but it also had, you know, a small, small stories of, you know, in the middle. So I I I really enjoyed it. What did you All think? Right.
0: Well, well, the one of my most memorable episodes which you probably haven't seen yet because it's season two is when they had Jada Pinkett on there and oh. she plays this, I guess like cat burglar slick. I mean, she just ate that role up and it just kind of made it like very entertaining. It was good to see her play off of queen Latifah. Cause from what I understand, they're friends, you know, they did set it off and they were also in um, girls trip. So they right. had really good screen chemistry And her character was kind of sassy and the lines were very, uh, you know, witty. I just really enjoyed it. And I find myself when I was watching the episode, even though it was serious and they had to kick some butt like they usually do, I found myself smiling. I just really, really enjoyed it. And I don't know if it was more Jada Pinkett Smith or Queen Latifah or just seeing like two black women on primetime just, you know, tearing it up. I was just all in it. So that was really uh, one of my favorites, but I'm not going to spill it all for you. I'm going to let you get to that and let you watch that. One of the things that I really like about this series is the fact that they do have women of color who are leads, who are actually kicking butt, like doing the physical stuff. And not just Queen Latifah's character. I like the little Asian woman. Her real name is... Uh, Lisa LaPira, and she plays Melody. They have her cast as a sharpshooter. And right. when it's time to fight, you know, she holds her own. Uh, from a male perspective, talk to us about why it's important for us to have women of color in lead roles like series in series like this.
1: Well, you know, seeing women of color do action um, and combat is, um, you know, it, it's rare. So, particularly when you have a TV series that's led by a woman that also has, you know, supporting characters that are women, and they engage and take part of the action. Number one, it, it provides diversity from an employment perspective. We all know that, you know, in front of, behind the camera. But, but, you know, from a dollars and cents point, it brings women to the series to watch. Because, you know, action, you know, action TV uh, series and movies are typically dominated by men. So when you can get, you know, obviously you got a female lead and you get a female audience that's joining in with the action to the extent that, that men like it as well. And I, you know, I do, I think it provides something in terms of, uh, you know, just story and, you know, an attractive series um, to, to, from a male perspective, it's just nice to see different people doing different things. So it provides opportunity for everybody and I'm sure it helps on the ratings.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i agree i agree i just love you know i guess i project through her you know what i'm saying i can't really fight myself but right. i like to see her fight so i'm just like okay
1: well listen I'm i saw i saw i think i saw season two finished season two episode two or three and she's all she's a little she's kind of on the small side so mm-hmm. she's with some really, you know, large men. And like you said, she does hold her own. So yeah, she does you know, watching, hold her own. Watching the ladies kick butt is uh, is entertaining.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I like about it too, that even though she's kicking butt, they don't make her like superhuman because the guys, because she is small, the guys get some licks in too, you know, when they get one up on her, but, you know, she, they sh- clearly show her as being trained in martial arts. So uh, that's why I love it. I just love the show. I also like the fact that uh, one of the co-executive producers is a brother, Joseph C. Wilson. He was also co-executive producer on NCIS Los Angeles and co-executive producer on The Shy. I actually love that series also. And in an interview that I had done earlier with him, he had mentioned that representation matters. Um, Let's talk about how important it is to have people at the top sitting at the table to make decisions about what goes on the air?
1: Well, you know, we've all heard the, 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 uh, the issues with regard to diversity and increasing those numbers, making sure that, you know, TV, film and other platforms look like, you know, America. And, you know, and, you know, I tend t- to take a business perspective to these things, you know, the numbers skew heavily toward diverse audiences showing up first week for movies, showing up first for TV shows. And, you know, that's what rings the cash register. So I love all the cultural aspects of it. I absolutely enjoy that. But the fact that we provide a monetary, you know, benefit behind it—that is, is exactly what you know people in the business are looking for in terms of numbers. There's no reason why you shouldn't have more diversity. So it's 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 very important. But to your point, having somebody there that that's a showrunner that runs a show, that's a co-executive producer and executive producer as Queen Latifah is, you know, you're going to get stories from. Uh, people of color of all types, you're gonna get LGBTQ, you, you're gonna get it all. And it's nice to see that, um, that you have these different stories. I think the best thing that you can do is introduce new worlds to audiences that they haven't seen before. You know, I mean, that's something that, you know, Shonda's done, that's something that you've seen with, if you're looking from a film perspective, I mean, look at what Black Panther did. That's a world we never saw. So when you're talking about um, the importance of, uh, of diversity in shows and having people at the head, if you don't have people at the head, A, you know your influence in terms of your stories, influence in terms of development of your characters, the characters that you do have, all of it's affected. So you've got to have somebody at the top that's, that understands that, um, buys in, and executes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Very well said. I couldn't add more to it than that. But yes, and I'm glad we're starting to see more people of color, men and women, you know, getting roles like this, you know, opportunities being presented, but we still have a long way to go. So let's talk about Tori Kittle's character, Detective Dante. So basically the whole thing with him is he's this good cop in a flawed police system trying to do right and trying to make changes from the inside. But it's a struggle because you have corrupt cops. He's still a black man who is fighting to be heard. Tell me what you think about his struggles, because his situation doesn't have to be isolated to the police system. It could be anywhere as a black man in any situation trying to get ahead. Talk to us about, you know, what you think about his particular struggle.
1: You know, the the interesting thing about Tory and the way that he balances um, the push and pull of relying on somebody that's a little bit of a vigilante, somebody that's really outside, um, you know, the lines of working. He tries to do stuff by the book. He really does try. But I think that he's realized that, hey, the streets don't play by the book. This is a person that can provide me with valuable information to help me get and, you know, bring people that should be brought to justice to justice. And um, I, it's good to see that character have an internal struggle. I mean, if you're writing a character, that, you know, that's what you want, that's a challenge for an actor to be able to, to, to live that role. He does a great job of it, and you know, <laughs> certainly uh, there's a little bit of tension between him and him and the Queen. Um, but um, but yeah, he does a good job initially at hey, I'm suspect. Should I should I trust her information? To okay, so let's see where this goes. To all right, this isn't right. I'm bringing you in, and then you know, as we start to get into season two, he starts to rely on her for information because he's got his own personal you know, issue that he wants to resolve. So um, kudos to the writers for giving this actor, you know, this brother, the opportunities that he's had to play that role. And he's doing a really good job with it, I think.
0: Lorraine Toussaint, she's in there. She plays the character of Anne Faye, Queen Latifah's Anne. I absolutely love her. She has a great body of work. Tell us, what is some of your favorite work of Lorraine?
1: Well, you know, OI o- was it OITNB they call it. Orange is the new black. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course she was. She was great on that. Um, I've seen her in spots on other, you know, both series and film. Um, I think she's a really, really talented, grounded actor. Um, I love the stuff that she's doing, you know, on the Equalizer and the role that she plays, because she really provides um, the moral sounding board and the parental, you know, kind of check for uh, for Robin um in dealing with delilah and the evolving issues of you know having a teenage daughter and also you being this you know really street superhero she's she's you know doing what she does and oh so when we talk about episodes one episode when the at the end of the season one when the daughter finds out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that was i love that 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 was was Mm a good episode too yeah Um, but but i'm but but getting back to your point but i'm there she's 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 the perfect supporting character that, that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, she provides, you know, really good feedback on, you know, her life and where she is. She's uh, really like, you know, the moral check in many ways for that character.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I loved her on Orange is the New Black too. And I, and I love this character for her for all the reasons that you said, because we always have like an unvi in our life. So I like the fact that she's there. Uh, she's saw in that family support, uh while robin is running out doing god knows what you know she's making sure that her daughter has a stable home life yes. and you know cooking those meals so yeah kudos to lorraine tucson if anybody out there who's not familiar with her work make sure you look her up on the internet and check out some of her other shows because she's an amazing actress so um is there any particular storyline that you would like to see developed a little more I know you only saw season one, but you know, is there anything you're like, okay, you know, they need to dig into this a little more.
1: Well, season one, you know, we've already seen that um, Detective Dante has two two boys that he's raising, Uh, you know, and and I'd love to see where things go with that. Not necessarily in all ways putting them, you know, in in harm's way, but very much like, you know, like the queen's daughter, hey, you know, these boys I'm sure go to school, have their own storylines. It'd be interesting to see how they interact. It'd be interesting to see Detective Dante as a father. That's another side of a Black man that you, you that's an opportunity for you to see, you know, a man of color raising his kids and all that 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 entails. Um, There's another uh, thing, like I said, I haven't even gotten into season two too well, but apparently the father showed up and picked her up. We never saw him. He he picked her up, dropped her off. (laughs) Never saw him, never saw the car. We didn't see nothing.
0: But we want to know. (laughs)
1: yes yes we want the tea with let's spill it
0: yeah yeah let's spill the tea exactly exactly
1: so Um, that's that's a great opportunity
0: yeah and also uh, i don't know i don't think it was in season one but they i would like them to delve a little bit into advice story because they did touch on they kind of teased you with a past relationship that kind of came to the forefront. So maybe in season three, they'll explore that. And you're like, oh, okay, um, am You holding out on something, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we, you know, I wanna learn, how does she come to end up taking care of Robin's daughter? You know, what about her life, you know? Um, and they touched on that a little bit. They just gave you a little tease, but they didn't tell you everything. But I would like to see a little bit about, you know, some background about her story, her character.
1: Agreed. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that. yeah. It'd be great to see her get out of that house and do something.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I think she, I don't know if it was in season one, she did go on a date one time, but it's almost like they keep it all secret. Like she went on a date, but okay. Who is the dude? You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. right. Hey, listen, they got Harry out from underground. And cut his head. <laughs> so that, that's how far I am in, in, into season two.
0: Like, oh, wow. Okay. This
1: dude, he's, he's seeing some daylight. So.
0: <laughs> I know, Harry. So, uh, as I had mentioned before, uh, the Equalizer is a reimagined version of an original series. And, you know, studios in Hollywood tend to, you know, kind of stick to franchises as opposed to, you know, taking a chance on new ideas. What do you think about this whole thing?
1: I like to see new ideas love to see new ideas, you know, um, not everything that is rehashed works, you know, very little of it. I mean, listen, Marvel hits a home run every time, but for every Marvel, there are, there are, you know, three or four, if not five other, you know, remakes that they, that they do that, that fail, Uh, the stories are weak, the characters aren't compelling. Um, so I, you know, let's, let's tell some new stories. There are plenty of them. We've got, you know, we've got, you know, hidden gems and, um, you know, hidden figures all around us. Um, let's let's tell some of those stories and bring them to the table. Um, you know, which, what are your thoughts about it?
0: Well, um, in terms of franchises, I believe that, you know, it's a business decision. If it's a well-established, established franchise that has a following, I understand, like, for instance, Star Trek. You can mix and match that up, but it has a solid. I'm a Trekkie. I watch everything Star Trek now one thing about us though the true fans is that don't be changing it too much like there's always got to be a Spock and a Captain Kirk somewhere along the line don't act like they don't exist and the storylines have to really feed into the overall storyline of the franchise you know because I'm a Trekkie we're real weird about that don't you know don't change it up too much but you have to be creative in terms of taking it to the next level um but like I like you said there's some that you know there's not a solid audience for it or at least ones that are in the generation that they're releasing it and it doesn't make sense to me like I think one time they did a remake of Guess Who which is a remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner it was just like what and then they did one on 21 jump street which is like a comedy i'm like you guys are just wasting budgets you could have given that to me i could have done something with it um you know when you go back and pull out a franchise that doesn't have a solid following currently or you know you can't tie it to the original one because they change it so much like they'll take a drama and make it a comedy. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, if it's a franchise that has a continuous following, like a Star Trek, like a comic book fr- franchise, I totally understand that because they know if they produce that, it's a built-in audience and they'll make money. But I'm definitely interested in seeing some new things. And there's a lot of things out there. I think sometimes studios in Hollywood take the easy route because they don't want to take the risk. So
1: two points are, you know, Amazon bought MGM and they've already greenlit the 007 TV series. Now they're taking something that's been an iconic film that's never gone to that format and they're gonna to start to tweaking mess with that. But you know, along the lines of what you said, I believe there are these three really big um, you know, groups. You've got Star Wars, um, you've got Marvel people, you know, you've got the comic book people, you've got Trekkies like yourself. I mean, those are huge worlds with huge built-in bases for generations. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get there. There are some things that you can't vary. And it's all orders of magnitude because these movies make a lot of money. It's just a matter of how much, you know, more you can make over your film and production costs. But, um, you know, it, the comic book people, the same with the Trekkies, same with the Star Wars people. They get real finicky when you start playing with the stories and certain characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't deviate too much and the story can't be too crazy because you've got a world that's already built. So, mm-hmm. you know, They go back and look for for all the, you know, contrast, clues, errors, anything, you know, the lack of continuity, they'll nail it. So you have to be careful.
0: And we get so excited when it's like continuity. I remember it's a Star Trek episode that I think it was... Star Trek First Generation, the tie to an old episode, the trouble with tribbles. It was just like, I don't want to get all trekky out on you guys, but I was just so excited because they were able to tie the new series to the old series and kind of like superimpose things. I was just super excited. I was like, okay, y'all know what y'all doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Hey, that's listen on my side, it's it's you know infinity and endgame. Mm-hmm.
0: I and mean,
1: the way they brought everybody in and together. I'm I'm an old I'm an old comic geek. Mm-hmm. I the comics for a very long time, and to see these, to see movies being done like this now, the way that they can mm-hmm. with the technology and the way that it looks mm-hmm. is is amazing. So the key is getting the storyline right. If you can get it right, the audience they will keep on coming, keep on coming. I mean, Spider mans a great example.
0: So talking about uh, series and TV shows and movies being reimagined and bringing it out to current day, is there anything in the past that you may be interested in seeing them to?
1: Seeing anyone redo? Yeah, I can bring up two real quick. Let's give uh, "Good Times" at the Jeffersons the Bel Air treatment. Promise. Mm. You know, you've got "Good Times." It's you know, set setting the project, setting the hood, and you know the challenges of of uh, a strong black you know uh, nuclear base. You know, parents. I would say you know, man and woman, but yes, strong black parents trying to keep their kids in line in today today. <laughs>
0: Well, um, that's our time for today. Any closing remarks, Larry? I mean, I call him Larry because we go way back.
1: (laughs) Right, right. She can do that, She got a license. Um, No, other than, hey, kudos to you for having this platform. Um, Consider it Blacklit. I follow you on Instagram. Um, I think it's great, you know, what you're doing and, um, you know, bringing artists that don't, that wouldn't necessarily get, you know, a voice in an interview to light. I mean, that's great too. So, you know, you catch people both on the come up and also people behind in the shadows. Um, So you got a great platform, sis, love it. And, um, you know, just, I want to see you do more.
0: Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And audience, thank you for tuning in. And until next week, consider yourself blacklit.